0: Hey guys, welcome to our New Life Men's Podcast. My name is Gabe Jenkins. I'm the men's pastor at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. And we are launching a new season of podcast episodes, which means in the coming weeks, you're going to hear uh, from a variety of men on a variety of different topics. We'll be doing interviews. And uh, we really want to, to offer conversations to you that are going to be real, they are going to be relevant, But the whole point is to encourage you and to strengthen you in your faith and your walk with God. And so today you're going to hear from Chad Jeffries. Chad uh, is a really neat man. He's been on our staff here at New Life for a few years now. He helps us develop our our fire team small group leaders and he helps us think through discipleship strategy among other things. But he recently released a new book called Full Grown Love that I think is excellent. Uh, He outlines five Stages of spiritual maturity and growth. That's helpful not only for us to help us recognize what stage we might be in personally, but also those we lead. Uh, he gives us language to help us recognize uh, where, where those we lead might be in, in terms of their spiritual maturity, and then how do we help them grow and mature. So it's a very helpful resource, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So here is my conversation with Chad Jeffries. You know, Chad, one of the things I love about the kingdom is that we're all called into the action. We're all called into the game. Yes. God doesn't uh, leave people on the sidelines or, yeah. or say, go sit in the bleachers, let the professionals handle the discipleship. He looks at all of us, mm-hmm. no matter what our vocational work is, and he says, you, you are called to go and make disciples right where I have you. And um, that that excites me. I yeah. love that about the kingdom. And one of the things that is so helpful about this book that you have written is uh, you have given us a compelling picture mm. of what that looks like. Because yes, we're all called to go make disciples, but oftentimes there can be a gap uh, where we know this in our head, but there's mm. a gap between knowing it and living it out. Yeah. And when I read your book, it was, it was um, solid, it was intriguing and compelling, but it was practical. I mean, you you put a picture in front of us of what does it look like uh, to go and make disciples. Mm. And so, first of all, I would just love to hear your thoughts because the word disciple can be even a little bit murky. What does that mean? And uh, So when you're talking about discipleship, Mm -hmm. what's what's the picture you have in your mind of, of what discipleship is?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good that having that picture is so critical because uh, whatever we're picturing in our mind, that's what we're aiming for. And if we're not aiming for something, if we're not picturing something in our mind, most likely we're not going to become that. And so this idea of discipleship, uh, I, I like The way I've heard it boiled down before that, first of all, there's an abiding in Jesus, just being with him, being in his word, walking with him. But then there's being transformed by Jesus, the spirit of God's at work Mm -hmm. in our lives. And we're just becoming more and more like him. Mm -hmm. And then the third aspect is being on mission with Jesus, (laughs) you know, taking that abiding, taking that transformation and then going on mission uh, because Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost, and He came to to raise us all up to spiritual maturity. And um, one of the things that I think we often see is that our picture of discipleship sort of ends right before being on mission, and oftentimes it's just knowing lots of the word loving our wives well, loving our children well, those type of things are certainly there's submission to that. Yeah, yeah. But the idea of, of purposefully intentionally engaging our lives with people who don't know Jesus and purposefully intentionally looking for spiritual infants and spiritual children to come alongside them and even asking the Lord, Lord, who are some people that you would have me invest in? and and be on mission with you to help them grow in their faith. You know, just listening to you right now,
0: I can can hear the passion, but I can see it. I can see the passion in your eyes as you talk Mm. about coming alongside those who might be either lost or an infant in their faith. And so tell us more about how this passion developed in your
1: life. Yeah. Well, uh, it really goes back to if, if I'm passionate about it, it's because of my boss and his wife, Chuck and Linda. They, uh, they were on mission. They, were, they, they weren't church professionals. They were a computer programmer and his wife who were going through a discipleship class, and they needed a guinea pig to share the gospel with, and I was their oh, guinea pig. come on. <laughs> <laughs> and so the idea that we're, that we're digging into today is this idea of, of really growing through five stages of spiritual maturity from lost to infant to child to young man or woman into fathers and mothers and uh, when Wendy and I were lost we were a hot mess I mean we were just (laughs) messy and Chuck and Linda stepped into that mess on mission and just asking Jesus how can we help this young couple and 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 so they had us over into their home they opened their refrigerator they they welcomed us to their table they sat with us in their living room and they just shared their life with us and we didn't know that we were a class project. <laughs> we just knew they loved yes. us. And and Paul in 1 Thessalonians, he talks about how he loved the Thessalonians in that way. And he called it being a father and being a mother. And and Chuck and Linda were like that to Wendy and I. And, um, and so for about a year and a half during this uh, stage of my life of being lost, I just didn't really know. I, I grew up. In a church where I God seemed distant and and but He seemed so real and close to Chuck mm-hmm. and Linda, and so I had about a year and a half of I'd be at the bars one night drinking beer with my buddies, mm-hmm. but I, I'd be even the next night sitting you know on the sofa with Chuck and Linda, hearing them talk about the stories mm-hmm. of Jesus in their life.
0: And they had food, which helps. And they had food.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I love that the impact that they had on you and Wendy, not knowing. What it would lead to, because mm-hmm. here you've spent uh, the last uh, few decades now giving your life away, mm-hmm. in, in discipling others and mentoring others, and so the, mm-hmm. it's been so neat to see the fruit of their initial investment in the way it has had like a ripple effect. Yeah. That now you and Wendy have impacted countless others. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about the stages. I, I think this is so intriguing. Tell us about the stages and how did you come up with. Well, you didn't come up with it, but tell us about how uh, you were introduced to it.
1: Yeah. So, back in the 90s, Wendy and I were on staff with the Navigators uh, doing collegiate ministry in Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. And during that time, part of our training, which this training time was just so amazing, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, part of that training, we were exposed to this idea of these five stages and the idea that if we could. Uh, learn these five stages and and see what the scriptures say about them it would help us do four things number one as we uh, learn about these stages first of all we can see what are the characteristics what's the how do we identify each stage in a person's life and even in our own lives um, what does it look like um, to just know the characteristics of each stage and then number two, what are the needs of that stage? Just like in a, uh, in natural life, a baby needs a bottle of milk Yeah, and my 25 year old son needs steak and <laughs> potatoes. And if you get those mixed around and, and oftentimes we can have sort of a shotgun approach where we just try to give everybody the same thing, but individually people are at different stages in their walk with the Lord. So what do they actually need at each stage? And then the third thing is, what are the battles at each stage? Because there are very different battles uh, that the scriptures tell us uh, for each of these stages. And then the fourth thing, what's the barrier? What's the thing that keeps us from being able to move forward out of that stage and and into the next? Mm -hmm. And so with the lost, um, I love, first of all, how Jesus characterizes us when we're lost. Someone that's lost is valuable. He says, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. Mm -hmm. And and so Jesus is on mission looking for people that are without him because the Father wants them. You know, the Father is not willing that any should perish. And so Jesus came on mission, and and so a lost person is being sought by Jesus. A lost person is made in the image of God. And if we can grasp that as Christians— it helps transform our love for lost people and our intentionality about our neighbors coworkers and 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 things like that and so one other interesting thing about lost people is that it's really clear that lost people are without the spirit of god in their lives paul calls it being spiritually dead there's not there's not his life in us even though we're very much alive physically maybe we're laughing crying dancing singing we're happy we're sad But there's still this this gap, this place in us that the Spirit of God is not inhabiting. Mm -hmm. And and so we're spiritually dead according to the scriptures. And then if we move into what does a lost person need, uh, a lost person needs cared for. Um, I love in Zechariah 11, God said, you know what? I'm going to raise up some shepherds that are bad shepherds. And they're going to do four things. They're not going to care for the lost. They're not going to seek the young, they're not going to feed the healthy, and they're not going to heal the injured. And so if I just say, well, if that's God's definition of a bad shepherd, then a good shepherd is someone who cares for the lost and is seeking the young and is healing the injured and feeding the healthy. Mm-hmm. And that, that scripture just really gripped me uh, for, for what do lost people need? They need cared for. And of course, they need the gospel. Of course, they need the truth of what the word says to help understand you know, what Jesus has for them. But, um, but I think they need to encounter the love of God. Yeah. Jesus constantly was ministering the power of the Holy Spirit to heal people, to set people free from the demonic, to prophetically speak into people's lives <laughs> like the woman at the well. And those power encounters... Uh, were needed by those lost people to help them come to Christ.
0: Yeah. So uh, when I say we're all called into the action, that's part of the action we're called into. We're invited to participate in that work right now that you're t- you're talking about to mm-hmm. have eyes to see the lost, and then a heart to care for them, and the intentionality to pursue them and to go after them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, let's let's go to the next stage. If somebody receives the Lord, yeah, they're born again. Uh, but spiritually they they become an infant, and I also mm-hmm. uh, would love to hear you speak to the uh, the truth, the reality that this doesn't follow biological <laughs> development because somebody right. can be sixty years old biologically but be a spiritual infant.
1: Yes, definitely yeah, that's one of the one of the uh, temptations really of looking at these stages is to think of it in some linear mm-hmm. and time based continuum. But it really isn't. Um, someone could remain lost for a long time. And then at the end of their life, they finally come to that place of belief and repentance. And they turn their life over to the Lord. And that's really the barrier of moving from lost mm-hmm. to infant. Um, but then as an 80-year-old, let's say, they're an infant in Christ. And um, But you might also have a 12-year-old. <laughs> who just sincerely turns their life over to the Lord, and they are an infant in Christ. And so it's not biological age at all. I I love that you brought that up. Um, So an infant in Christ, the Spirit of God is now living in us, and, and we've come to that place of recognizing that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again, and we get to participate in that. All of our sins forgiven. Colossians says that that the record written against us. If you think about that, our entire report card, every single sin, every single mistake, completely canceled and taken away and nailed to the cross. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, and so infants are getting to know these things about who they are. But their their needs. They really need uh, six things. And and. They're pretty easy once we look at them. First of all, they need a family. They need a church family to to plug into. In Acts chapter 2, when there was all of a sudden 3,000 infants in one day after Peter's sermon, what did they do? Well, They all met together, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching, or the word of God, in the breaking of bread in the fellowship, and in prayer. So they had this church family they were a part of. So they need family, they need fed, just the word of God. Uh, They need fathers and mothers. They need um, foundations laid in their lives, spiritual foundations. They need fought for. Uh, Spiritual infants, are one of the, the biggest needs that they have is they're vulnerable. And that's one of their biggest battles as well, is that they can be tempted, they can be deceived and dragged away, and and the enemy does not like lost people becoming spiritual infants, and so he's just right there, uh, tempting them and trying mm-hmm. to keep them from maturing. And then the 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 uh, sixth thing is they need forgiven, you know, just like a baby is messy, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, lost or, or newly. Um, born again infants can be messy. Look at the Corinthians. Paul wrote to them, and in chapter three, he said, I couldn't even call you spiritual but worldly, mere infants in Christ, because you got all this quarreling and bickering and striving among you. One of you saying, I belong to Paul and I belong to Apollos, and, and all of this, you know, my church is better than your church. And those are infant type things, and it's messy. And so you have to come alongside them and be willing to forgive. And just stay with them because so often infants who are not fathered or getting connected into a family, they become orphans and they spend the rest of their lives as spiritual orphans. Our world is loaded with spiritual orphans who have never had someone come alongside them and just help them grow into childhood and beyond.
0: That's so helpful for many reasons, but it it helps a leader understand if you have uh, so for example if you're leading a a, a group a small group or mm-hmm. some kind of study if you know you have some infants in the group it helps you to know what you can expect because when it happens you're not caught off guard or yeah. maybe discouraged you just realize oh there's some infants here and then mm-hmm. they their needs are different than, than maybe uh, young adults uh, that are that are in the group spiritual young adults, which we'll get to in just a little bit. So, uh, from infants, the next stage that you outlined is uh, children. Yeah, tell us more about spiritual children.
1: Yeah, so an, an infant really grows into a child when they begin feeding themselves. You know, that's really one of the things about when our babies become more children is when they can get that spoon in their in their hand and start bringing the applesauce up to their mouth. But it's the same with a spiritual infant. When when someone begins digging into the word of God, they begin moving into childhood, where where if infancy is about learning how to feed yourself, childhood is about learning how to clothe yourself. Clothe yourself with Christ. Clothe yourself with his character. Put off the old, put on the new. Clothe yourself by putting on the armor of God. So it's this putting on of, of Growing more and more into the image of Jesus, growing more and more into Jesus being central in our lives. And one of the key scriptures that I've I've leaned on for this book is in Hebrews 5, where uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying, I couldn't give you solid food because you weren't ready for it. Uh, You were infants. You needed milk all over again. And it said, solid food is for the mature who through constant use have trained themselves. And so that idea of, of constantly being a man or woman of the Word and and constantly using it, putting it into practice in our lives, that grows us into childhood. And then childhood is really this time of just, you're in Bible studies and you're at coffee shops and you're pulling out your scriptures and you're talking with other people. you're You're meeting with mentors and fathers and 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 there is this it's just a growing time you know children go to school they're learning they're growing uh all of these things and 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 ultimately children their barrier to moving on to greater maturity is just are they are they beginning to move into servanthood because during infancy and childhood just like biological infants and children they're pretty (laughs) self-focused you know uh Who's going to feed me? You know, all these things. And oftentimes, too, with spiritual infants and children, like, what can the church do for me? And how can I be served? And are my kids going to be taken care of at children's church and all this stuff? But someone moves from childhood into young adulthood when they cross that barrier of servanthood, where they start saying, you know what? I need to start giving away. I need to start taking these things that God is giving me and and serving, serving in my church, Maybe uh, serving in the community, uh, the homeless shelter, or soup kitchens, or whatever it might be. But we turn that corner from being self-focused to begin to be others-focused.
0: Yeah, that's that is uh, so true. And I love how again how practical this is. Mm. And and you said it's messy, which it is, right? Discipleship mm. it, growth is messy, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also practical and. Uh, When a person begins to serve, uh, that is a sign of growth and maturity and Mm -hmm. and a transition into spiritual young adulthood. So tell Mm -hmm. us uh, about that season.
1: Yeah. Spiritual young adulthood is this time where, um, first of all, going to the 1 John 2 verse that's kind of the key verse. 1 John 2, 12 through 14 says, uh, it's writing to little children, children, young men, and fathers. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, the young men, it says this about them, you're strong and the word of God lives in you yeah. and you've overcome the evil one. So, so a spiritual young man or woman is strong. They're strong in their love. They're strong in their giving and their serving. They're strong in the use of their spiritual gifts. They're strong in their faith, but the main reason they're strong is because the Word of God lives in them. It's not just that they've memorized a few scriptures, or maybe they've listened to several sermons. They are a Genesis to Revelation kind of person. They've been soaking in the Word you know, regularly. They're putting in it into practice in their lives. The Word of God has gotten into them, and they are strong because of it, and also they've overcome the evil one. There's, there's this victory in the life of a spiritual young mm-hmm. adult that that victory over their own flesh, victory over their thought life, victory uh, over the, the world and its systems and patterns and not getting caught up in those things, victory over the enemy's attacks, just knowing how to identify spiritual warfare and deal with it. And it doesn't mean that they are no longer uh, tempted or attacked in those ways, It just means that they've really learned some things about how to overcome, uh, the things that beset Christians. And so spiritual young adults are really doing a lot of the heavy lifting and, and they move from the the serving that's kind of, you know, serving coffee, stacking chairs, sweeping floors, just like Jesus had the disciples go get the bread, prepare the room, you know, bring the donkey. Um, they're moving young adults really need some responsibility and assignments for ministry. maybe they need the microphone to preach they maybe they need invited up on the stage to lead worship, maybe they need uh, invited to lead the discussion at this fire team meeting or or maybe lead the prayer time and and um, or maybe you know just lead out in some way where they have some heavier responsibilities to exercise their spiritual gifts and grow as, as well as it's really interesting. One of the things that scripture says about young uh, adults or about mature people is that they need tested too. Uh, They need leaders in their lives that are seeing how is their character developing? How do they do under pressure? How do they do with rejection? How are they doing as they are ministering in their gifts and how do they receive feedback and, Uh, one of the big things about a spiritual young adult is they can be they can become prideful (laughs) it can be a battle to remain dependent on the lord and uh, it's a a very common pattern that the more we get uh, competent in our abilities the less we seem to lean on the lord and have a dependency on him and so um how are they doing in that regard? How are they doing in their abiding life, mm-hmm. their worship life? They're, they're becoming more and more like Jesus, mm-hmm. Because competency and spiritual role can deceive us about our spirituality mm-hmm. and about our abiding. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, very good. And then the last uh, stage, spiritual fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell, us, tell us more yeah. about that.
1: Um, The barrier that we cross there from young adulthood into spiritual fatherhood and motherhood is really uh, just looking at the Great Commission and saying, Lord, here I am, send me. Like, I don't care what the people around me are doing, but I want to be a part of being engaged with lost people, being engaged with infants and children and and those that need just strengthened and someone to come alongside them and help them in their faith. And so a, a parent, the thing that makes a, a parent different from a young man is that a father has children. <laughs> a young man doesn't. But here's the thing. Parents, it's not about being perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not about being this sage in your 80s. You know, we both started having kids in our 20s, yeah, right? Yeah, And what was it like for you when oh, you brought Lord, your... help. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could not believe they were letting us drive home with our child like that they weren't sending someone home with us because we felt so inexperienced and we were. Same thing with spiritual parenting. It's it's not about being perfect yeah. and just fully, fully, you know, mature and godly and all this stuff. It's just simply about being someone willing to take everything that Jesus has given them and then begin giving it away to other people. I love the scripture in Luke 6. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth mm-hmm. speaks. And so out of the overflow of all of this growing from lost to infant to child to young man, now it's like, okay, Lord, use me to just give this away to other people. How can I come alongside other people? And even asking Him, Lord, would you give me one person just bring one person into my life that I can just begin meeting with and investing in them and helping them. And and the thing is that the more we grow into spiritual parenthood, it's not about leading people to ourselves or helping people to become like us. It's helping people become like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Paul said, it's not we that we preach, but Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so um, like when I'm driving to meet with men, I'm recognizing my own inability to know what's going on in their life. And I'm crying out to the Lord, Holy Spirit, please, would you align my heart with what you're doing in this guy that I'm about to to get time with? And would you help me to just have even prophetic words and insight so that I can encourage him, so that I can help coming alongside what you're doing in his life? And, And so... Spiritual fatherhood is more and more about dying to self, getting to know God's heart for people, and then coming alongside people and just to encourage and pass along to them what God is is wanting to do in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: the role of the Holy Spirit is paramount in mm-hmm. this. And uh, you're very clear about that in the book, that this is not like getting the next badge and. Yeah. Boy Scouts oh I God I made it to the next level I yes. got the next badge but it's about uh, abiding uh, in Jesus mm-hmm. and walking with him intimately and knowing him and listening to him and keeping in step mm-hmm. uh, with him and this this is a byproduct of that relationship mm-hmm. rather than um, this process that we have to do everything just right so we advance to the next stage
1: yeah yeah and it's it is messy. So we, um, we had been walking with Jesus for 25 years. I was a senior pastor of a church for eight years. Uh, we were, went in, I were very much spiritually parenting, but we, after resigning our pastorate and going through some very, very difficult things, we just were in a, a very broken place. And we came to Colorado in that place. And, uh, and for three to four years, uh, we, if we were to take some assessment, we probably reverted back to like spiritual childhood. Yeah, yeah. We were not serving. We were not ministering. We were just healing. And, and there were things that God was doing in our lives. Um, and then one day, um, just this little spark flamed. And, and Wendy and I both were like, Lord, would you send us someone? <laughs> that we could just come alongside again and begin kind of stepping back into the spiritual parenting, and he sent us this couple and and we just came alongside them. They're just this sweetest couple and and uh and God just began stirring those flames again in us, mm-hmm. but just that just to show that things are messy, it's not linear we can we can kind of go back and forth between stages um and so that's 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 very key in all of this is being led by the Spirit of God about what is going on in our lives, what is going on in the lives of people, so that we can really again be on mission with Jesus. What's He doing in that person?
0: Yeah. yeah so if you're listening to this and something is stirring inside of you, and uh, perhaps you're thinking, "I yeah, I, I want to find that one person," or Uh, me and my wife Mm -hmm. could find one other couple to invest into Uh, it is so helpful to come back to the reality that as much as you might want that God wants that even more Mm -hmm. and so uh, you're highlighting the question Lord who do you have or (laughs) or Lord send send a couple or send a person uh, Mm -hmm. knowing that he's involved in this process he's not saying okay go do it good luck good good luck finding people Mm -hmm. but if we'll be uh present and available and and paying attention to who god might be sending our way what we're going to find is he is so involved in this process Mm -hmm. but what he wants from us is that here i am yeah here i am send me lord
1: yeah yeah and um you know matthew chapter 9 jesus said the harvest is huge but it's the workers that are few and Wendy and I have just ran into even recently so many young couples, and and they feel alone and they're hungry, and they're hungry for someone, an older couple, you know, to come alongside them. So the need is, is not lacking. The lacking is is in workers. Jesus said, and so he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest and ask for more workers. And it's interesting that the Barna Research Group has found that um, two of the primary reasons that people don't get involved in disciple making, they don't move from that young man or woman to a father or mother, is because, one, they don't feel qualified because they're not a pastor or they haven't been to seminary. And, And our lives were transformed by a computer programmer and his wife. Yeah, yeah. They were just walking with Jesus. Uh, Acts 4.13, you know, the unschooled ordinary men uh, of Peter and John confounded the Pharisees, and it said it's because they had been with Jesus. So if it, it does not take seminary. It does not take a, a being in a church professional role. What it takes is being with Jesus. That qualifies us. That's our qualifier. But the second thing that people disqualify themselves by is that they don't feel needed they haven't been asked and so uh that's part of uh, what hopefully goes out from this podcast is that is an ask not just from us but really from the father he is looking for workers he's asking and needing people to cross that threshold from just being mature to becoming a father or mother that says okay i'm gonna i'm gonna make myself available to invest and to open up my life, open up my refrigerator, my dining room table, my living room, uh the, the passenger seat in my car to another person and and just see what God does yeah. and seek the Lord yeah. for that person's
0: growth. Yes. And there are so many different expressions of what this could look like, but one expression here at New Life, uh, with our men's ministries, we have fire teams. Mm -hmm. And so all over the city, we have small groups of men that are meeting regularly to build relationship, to encourage each other, to spur each other on, to dig into the scriptures, to pray together, to do life together. Mm -hmm. And each one of those fire teams is led by a leader, uh, a man who's who said yes to what we're talking about, yeah. to, to make disciples, to invest into others. And so you might be listening to this and you might realize your own need for community to get plugged in with a group of guys. Well, we have that mm-hmm. available here at New Life. Or maybe you're listening and you, and you feel stirred to take that step and and learn more about what it might look like to begin to lead and start a group. Mm-hmm. We'd love to, to have that conversation as well. Uh, so you can find out uh, more about that on our website at newlifechurch.org. But, but again, Chad, this book is so compelling. Uh, it's powerful. You, mm. you did a great job crafting it. So I just want to say well done to you. Mm. This was a 30,000-foot view. There's so much more uh, available in the book. I found myself underlining, highlighting uh, all the way through. And so tell us
1: where guys can get their hands on full-grown yeah. love. Yes, uh, it's on Amazon, both in Kindle eBook and in paperback. And uh, I've also developed a website that's still in process of growing itself, FullGrown.org. And uh, at FullGrown.org, you will have a link to get to directly to the Amazon website where you can get the book. But also, FullGrown.org is going to continue growing with resources that really are addressing each stage, mm-hmm. different Bible studies or books that are recommendations, maybe for small group leaders mm-hmm. if you want to go through a, a curriculum uh, with your with your small group or, or whatever. But um, So keep looking back at uh, fullgrown.org for uh, just seeing that grow and, and becoming a resource. Yeah,
0: sounds good. If you pick up a copy, it's well worth your time. Full Grown Love is the name of the book. Well done, Chad. Thank you.